We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. Alrighty, let's grab our seats. There we go. You doing well today? Dude, good to see you all. I love having Phil and Sarah over. Whenever we get guest speakers as a church, um, we always get great people first. Like, uh, not that everyone's not a great person, well not everyone is a great person, but we, we always get people that are just, we're just great friends, full of love and, and kindness and, and I, I love Phil and Sarah, they've been a blessing to our family and so it's good to have them there, just because they're amazing people. Um, but Phil, he's a great uh, communicator, they're a part of that, uh, it was LifePoint, now it's Revival City Church, am I right? Yep, yep. And, uh, and so he's a pastor there and... and uh, and a great blessing to that church. And he's been here before, you might have remembered him. He's a great blessing to our church in the past. So I love if we can just welcome Can we just give him a hand? He's going to come and uh, share the word today. It's a uh, long walk. Excuse me a moment. Hey, it's great to be with you. And uh, it's a special day for us. Sarah and I, on this day 18 years ago, got married. So it's our 18th wedding anniversary today. Big thanks to our kids for all the gifts that they got us. Uh, they got us nothing. <laughs> so uh, I want to thank Pastor Darren and Kerry. They're amazing people and they've been such a blessing to this, the movement, the Australian Christian Churches as a state. For many years, Pastor Darren served on the state executive and uh, has been a big part of my own uh, journey as, as a pastor. Um, and so we love Pastor Darren and Kerry and, and we love Ben and, and Talia as well. Ben and I um, initially started working together at schools ministry group when you first became a chaplain was that 12 years ago 10 years ago or something like that so we've known each other a long time and and uh, and uh, you know we love you we love you guys we love you guys it's been great to hang out great to spend some time together we love it here in Edithburg Edithburg reminds I grew up in Sejuna on the west coast and so Edithburg reminds me of Sejuna a lot um, the, the York Peninsula does as a whole um, so I feel like I've come home, you know, I feel like I've come home. The beauty is, though, it's only two and a half hours, not eight hours away, which is a good thing, uh, which saves a lot of time in driving. Um, so, yeah, I grew up in Sejuna. My parents planted the, the church there, and they're still there 33 years later. Um, and so I grew up there, three-time premiership player for the Sejuna Football Club, 1996, uh, best team man, under 16, so, you know, Henry Alonga's got some credentials, but so do I. Um, in fact, if you walk into the Sejuna Football Club, there's still my picture up there um, in the 1998 B-grade Premiership team. Um, you may not recognise me. I've, uh, I've, I've grown a little bit since then, uh, Ben. And also has um, my brother's name on there. So it says, my face, Andrew McElraith, written on there, which I feel like is a real personal attack on me, but that's okay. Um, but it's great to be here, and what, uh, what a beautiful, you know what I'm really, worship was beautiful. You guys have got such a great worship team, and I've watched a lot of the worship during the pandemic, and even after you guys were putting stuff up on YouTube, and Pastor Darren and Gabby, and you know, putting stuff up, and we, I, loved, I loved all of it. But you know, I love seeing Dino up here, uh, rocking out in the guitar, then running out and playing kids, uh, playing kids, as the children's pastor, that is. And then Caleb slapping the bass, then running out and helping out in kids as well. Man, you guys are so multi-talented, multifaceted. We could do with a few more of those in Adelaide. So yeah, 
So uh, anyway, Pastor David says hello. He's jealous he couldn't be here himself. He loves the York Peninsula. They come over here as a family, the halls uh, in January and, and just have a couple of weeks where they get out of mobile phone reception and hang out at Port Vincent and get sunburnt and the kids have a great time. Um, but he says hello. He loves this church. And he loves you guys as well. Um, but let's get into the Word. You've heard enough from me. Why don't we open up our Bibles if you've got them here today or if you've got your device to the book of Luke chapter 1. Uh, this is kind of like a bit of a Christmas message, um, but it's not really a Christmas message. And I feel like we're still in that in-between season where no one really knows where we are. So I feel like I can sneak in a couple of Christmas references because for all you know, for those that haven't been back to work yet, it could still be Christmas. Um, I haven't checked my calendar, Ben. I'm not sure. Uh, so Luke chapter 1, and I'm going to start in verse 30. Um, and this is where Mary uh, is just hanging out and then the angel Gabriel comes and appears to her and Gabriel and Mary are just having a conversation and then it goes on to say this. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This book, uh, the Gospel of Luke, was written by Luke. Um, I don't know if he named it after himself or if that was something that someone added on later on. But Luke... Uh, his, his job was a, was a doctor, he was a physician, but he is someone who went back into the Holy Land in about AD 60 from, and wrote this gospel, but he wrote it based on eyewitness accounts. So he actually went to the places, he interviewed the people, and he actually sat down and probably had um, some coffee or a cup of tea with Mary, and he sat down and actually interviewed her. And this is an eyewitness testimony of what actually happened to Mary. You see, Mary was this beautiful young girl. She's young. She's got a whole future ahead of her. She's betrothed to a handsome uh, young carpenter called Joseph. She's got everything happening to her and her life is interrupted by Gabriel and she gets this amazing prophecy, this amazing word direct from God through an angel to her saying that you're going to conceive miraculously but also that he's going to be the king of kings, that his kingdom will have no end, that he'll be the holy one, that he'll sit on the, on, the, on the throne of King David. I mean, as far as prophecies go and as far as words from God go, that's a pretty good one. Um, you know, I've never had an angel come and share anything with me like that. Uh, in fact, I've never had an angel except for my wife um, appear to me. Thanks for that uh, muffled laughter. I appreciate it. You see, this first chapter of the book of Luke, it describes the virgin birth, but this first chapter, it's a long chapter, it actually describes two pregnancies. 
Two miraculous pregnancies. There's Mary's immaculate conception and then there's Elizabeth and Zacharias's amazing miraculous pregnancy. You know, we focus on Mary and, and, and for good reason. She's the, the Virgin Mary. She um, conceived the Messiah. She, she uh, mothered him and, and grew him up and, and he's, he's Jesus Christ. I mean, as far as pregnancies and births go, she's the one that gave birth to the Messiah. So we give her the credit that she deserves. But sometimes we forget about the second pregnancy that happened, the second miraculous pregnancy. You see, Mary is the, is the young one. Her son is the Messiah. And then over here we have Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is, is old, so people would say she's about 80 or 90. She's barren. She's never had children before. And, and she gets, gets miraculously pregnant and gives birth to John the Baptist. You know, so often in our own lives, we, we look at the beautiful people and we see them on Instagram and they seem to get everything and we seem to, they seem to be the ones that are blessed and are favoured and they get the words from heaven, they get the promotions, they get everything that they seem to, you know, want. We see it on Instagram, we hear the good news stories, we hear the testimonies, but so often we don't hear about the Elizabeths. The people that have been waiting for decade after decade after decade, waiting and praying and seeking the face of God and asking over and over and over again, God, give us a child. Give us a child. Give us a legacy. Give us some, someone that can carry on our, fa- our family name. See, Luke chapter 1 actually gives us a lot of information about Zacharias and Elizabeth and about the uh, angelic announcement. In fact, they give more information than they do about Mary's birth. You see, Zacharias was a priest, and earlier in the, in the chapter, Luke describes Zacharias and Elizabeth as both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Zacharias goes to Jerusalem to serve in the temple, which is a rare opportunity. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and he gets to go in and light the incense in the holy of holies in the temple in the place where the presence of the lord god dwelt and he gets right inside and and everyone outside is waiting everyone's waiting outside because what would happen is they'd come he'd go in he'd light the incense and then he'd come back and he'd say the the ironic ironic blessing the blessing of aaron the lord bless you and keep you may he make his face shine upon you. So that's what they're waiting for. And while he's in there, while he's in the Holy of Holies, he gets literally an angel. Come and give him that message. And it says, your prayers have been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call him John. See, the angel then goes on to make bold declarations about everything that John will do and everything John will achieve and Zacharias goes home and Elizabeth gets pregnant and then six months later, six months later, Gabriel then appears to Mary and that's where that original passage of scripture comes in. He tells her about Jesus and as Gabriel is talking to Mary and he's making this bold declaration about who Jesus will be, he tells her about Elizabeth and he makes this bold declaration and he says for God with God nothing will be impossible you see this is a word that was given by Gabriel to Mary as a, as a strengthening of her faith 
as a way of encouraging her in everything that I have told you. In fact, everything I've told you about who Jesus will be. In fact, I want you to know your cousin Elizabeth, who's barren, is now pregnant. For with God, nothing will be impossible. I believe it's a word that was given to Mary, and I feel like it's a word that's been given to us. It's a word that has been given to us here in 2023 as we step into a new year. You see, just like Elizabeth, the dreams that you've been given may have never come to pass. Maybe you've been sitting there year after year, decade after decade. You've felt like you've had a promise from God year after year and it's never come to pass. 2023, the year of the impossible. Maybe just like Elizabeth, you've given up hope of getting healing. Maybe just like Elizabeth, you've given up hope of getting pregnant. Maybe just like Elizabeth, you've given up hope of restoration and forgiveness. 2023, I believe the word of the Lord is, for with God, nothing will be impossible. 2023, it's a time to believe again. It's a time to dream again. And it's a time to claim back what the enemy has taken from us. The last two or three years have been tough. The last five years, I feel like this decade has been a tough decade. I feel like there's ground that gets taken all the time. But 2023, for with God, nothing will be impossible. For with God, your dreams that he's placed on your heart will come to pass. 2023 is the year of the impossible. Do you believe it this morning, church? Today I want to look at this miracle and look at four keys to the miraculous in 2023. Number one, the first key is to walk in righteousness. You see in verse 6, it's talking about Zacharias and Elizabeth, it says, both were righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. You see, the first thing, if you can picture the the wedding night of Zacharias and Elizabeth, they have this amazing wedding ceremony and this big traditional Jewish wedding. And then the first thing that they would have wanted in their marriage and in their life, the first thing that they wanted is a legacy. The first thing that they wanted was a child. A child meant so much more than extra family tax benefit back in that day. You know, a child meant that as you grow old, you've got someone to look after you. As children become more and more, it means that you're able to earn more income and grow in stature as a family. Children meant that uh, it was a sign of favor and blessing upon you and your family. Children in this, in this culture and in this time, and even now for us, having children is so important. But back then, it was so much more important for the social fabric of the community. You know, I can imagine... That as they got married and they're in the first couple of years of their marriage and then their friends are getting married and all the different couples that they grew up with, maybe they went through um, Bethlehem Primary School or Nazareth uh, Technical College or wherever they went to school. All their friends are getting married and they're going to their weddings and they're excited for them. And then their friends that have gotten married are starting to have children and they're sitting there and they still don't have any children of their own and they're starting to think, Something's up. Something's not right. Their children have more and more children. Their their friends are growing. Their families are growing. And then all of a sudden, they're having grandchildren. And and the grandchildren are getting older. And Zacharias and Elizabeth, decade after decade after decade of not having any children, not seeing any fruit 
from their marriage, you can excuse them for getting a little bit bitter. You can excuse them for holding on to a bit of unforgiveness or a bit of anger towards God or a bit of, a bit of resentment towards God. But the reality is that they don't hold on to bitterness, they don't hold on to resentment, but they choose to walk in righteousness and walk blameless in the sight of God. They chose not to get bitter. And not only does Zacharias not get angry with God, but you can still find him all these decades later serving in the church. Not only just serving in the church, but he's a pastor, he's a priest. He's serving God in the most important of all jobs, in the, in the holy of holies. Zacharias and Elizabeth, they chose not to get angry or resentful, but they chose to walk in righteousness. Psalm 24 verse 3 says, Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. You see, clean hands represents your actions and behaviours and habits and the clean heart is your soul, your emotions and your thought life. You know, sometimes when promises are, aren't being fulfilled or things aren't going the way that we're going or sometimes God doesn't do things in the way that we thought that he would do them, it's easy for us to lose that, that clean hands and that pure heart that our thought life and our emotional life gets a little bit damaged that we begin to build up a bit of anger and resentment. But there's a key in that for us is that we need to have clean hands. Our body, our actions, our behaviours and our habits need to remain clean and our clean heart, our emotions and our thought life, just like Zacharias and Elizabeth. Where it is easy to get bitter, we need to choose to let go of the bitterness. We need to let go of the unforgiveness. We need to let go of the resentment and walk in peace, walk in grace, Walk in mercy with clean hands and a pure heart. Out of anyone in the world, Zacharias and Elizabeth could have chosen to walk in bitterness. They could have chosen to walk in resentment. But they chose to walk in righteousness. They chose to walk blameless before God. Four keys to the miraculous in 2023. First, walk in righteousness. Secondly, you need to get a word. Gabriel says in verse 37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. You see, we can't misinterpret this. It doesn't mean literally that nothing and all of our wildest dreams and everything that we've ever thought, dreamt or imagined will come to pass because God is in it. We've got to look back at what the text actually means in that. And, and this word nothing actually means no word of God. Everything that God has said, everything that he's proposed and everything that he's promised. Every word has he, he has spoken and everything predicted by his prophets. For with God, no word that he has said will be impossible. You know, when we look at the word of God, there's the two words that we use. And, and the first of those is, is the logos. The logos word of God, which is your Bible, which is the word of God, the the, the scriptures that contain all of his promises and, and all, of his, all of his declarations over you and your life. And then there's the rhema word of God. The rhema word of God is a word that is given specifically for you for a specific reason, for a specific season. 
You see, Elizabeth and Mary received a rhema word from God. They got a word from God direct from an angel. Um, I've never had a rhema word from God from an angel before. Uh, not that I can remember. I've had many rhema words from God in the past. I remember being in church when I was a young boy and Jackie Hall had come over to do a women's conference in Sejuna and, and she's preaching on the Sunday morning and she calls me forward and, and she declares that, I need, that I'm called to ministry, that I need to study and that I need to get approved. And she does this beautiful word of prophecy over my life that was one of the catalysts for me to go and study at Paradise. I remember sitting and Gillian Cameron was, was, was preaching at, at, at LifePoint. And she calls me out and she says, now's the time to lead. Don't look, lead. I remember when Steve McCracken called me out and he gave me a rhema word. He said, God is with you and he's giving you kingdom order. You know, I remember the times in my life where I've had words from God. I've opened up the word of God or maybe I've been listening to worship. I remember when I was about to make a really tough decision about changing jobs and I was driving onto the property of my workplace and a rhema word of God through a, through a worship song and the words came out, you can move on, it's over now. You know, it was a worship song by Elevation Worship playing in my car and those words came out and I knew immediately that God was talking to me through that worship song. You know, my prayer is that we would all seek to get a rhema word from God, that God would speak to us individually, that God would speak to you individually about your family, about your future, about your finances, about your career. But you may not have had a rhema word from God, but can I tell you, you've got plenty of words from God in the Word of God, in your Logos, in your Bible. You may not have got a word from God like I have or like Mary and Elizabeth. I mean, maybe you have had an angelic visitation and that they've spoken to you. Let me tell you though, a rhema word of God never contradicts the Logos. The rhema word of God never contradicts what's written in the Bible. So if the, an angel appears to you and says that it's time for you to leave your husband or wife and marry someone else, that isn't a rhema word from God. That's just the heads up. But you may have got a logos word from God. You may have got you you can open up the word of God and get a promise for you over your life at any time if you need comfort. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 4 says, "He comforts us in all our troubles." If you're looking for healing, Isaiah 53 verse 5, by his stripes you were healed. If we need provision, Luke 6 38, Jesus says, given will be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running out all over. If you need courage, Joshua 1 verse 9, be strong and courageous for the Lord your God is with you. If you're feeling depressed, Psalm 30 verse 11 says he's turned our mourning into dancing if you need peace philippians 4 verse 7 says the peace of god that goes beyond all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in 2023 we need to stand on the word of god for with god no word will be impossible you may have received a rhema word from god and maybe it was 20 years ago Maybe it was 50 years ago. We need to stand on the rhema word of God. If you haven't got one, then you've got the logos. You've got the word. Find a word for the season that you're in. What is it that God is going to do through you? What is it that God wants to do in your family? What is it that God wants to do in your finances? We need to get a word from God for 2023. Four keys to the miraculous First, walking in righteousness. Secondly, 
get a word, and thirdly, walk out the word. You know, Zacharias and Elizabeth, they, were, um, they got a word from God. They, Zacharias got an angelic visitation from Gabriel who said that they're going to get married. Now, these guys are old. When I say they're old, they must be at least 41. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> these guys are old. Like, it specifically says in the Bible, Luke says they were old and that they were barren, that Elizabeth was barren. You know, these guys got a word from God, but when Zacharias got home after finishing his priestly duties, they had to walk out the word of God. Pregnancy only happens one way, if you get my drift. You know, when we get a word from God, we need to walk out the word that's been given to us. What's the word that's been given to you? If you've been given a promise for inner healing, then this is the year to begin to walk in forgiveness. If someone has hurt you or someone has betrayed you, then this is the year to walk in forgiveness? Is it for your family to be saved? Is it the husband or wife that you've been praying for? Is it your children or your grandchildren that you've been praying for and interceding for year after year? Well, this is the year to begin to witness to them. This is the year to invite them to church. This is the year to be able to begin to put legs to your faith. Is it for financial freedom? Then this is the year to commit to regular tithing. Maybe you're called to ministry. Then this is the year for you to consider studying at Bible college. Do you have a career calling or a direction or a path that you feel like God is calling to you? Then this is the year to maybe look at what you need to do to study and get approved. You see, when we get a word from God, our word from God is powerless until we walk with it, that we begin to put action to that word. The word that you've been given, it's time to walk. You see, every step that you take is a step of faith and a step of trust. You see, I do a lot of things these days that I never thought I'd be doing as a, um, as a husband and as a dad. I fix all sorts of things. Um, you know, I've learned how to, I don't know, do things that I just never thought I'd do. You know, I'm fixing cars. I fixed a lawnmower. Um, you know, I'm a pastor. I've got soft pastor's hands. I'm not meant to do manual labour. Um, but I've had to do things. And my friend is YouTube. Yeah, I'll YouTube everything. I YouTube how to do this, how to do that. I've got an issue with the, the splash guard underneath my car, my other car, that I'm going to fix myself. I'm going to YouTube that. You know, that's what I do. YouTube's my tutor. My dad lives in Sejuna, and I don't think that he would be much help anyway. But you know, if you've got a car and you've never driven before and you've never learned to drive, you can read all the manuals, you can watch all the YouTube videos, you can polish that car, you can wash that car, you can make sure the tyres are pumped up, you can make sure you've got a great speaker, stereo system, but that car is never going to serve its purpose. It's never going to go from A to B unless the key is in the ignition and you switch the key on. It doesn't matter how great your car is, your car will never fulfil its purpose unless the key is switched on. You know, faith is the key. You may have an amazing word from God for your life, and for your future, for your family, for your finances, for your business, for your farm, whatever it is, you may have got a word from God and faith is the key that will switch on the ignition. Faith is the key that will make it move forward. James says in chapter 2, verse 17, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. 
2023 is the year to walk out the word of God that you've been given for your life. 2023 is the year of the impossible. 2023 is the year that we take that step of faith. Because the reality is, it's not up to you to get your family saved. That's God's job. But it is up to you to be a conduit. It is up to you to witness. It's not up to you to to bring blessing and favor and prosperity. That's God's job. But it is up to you to to walk in financial uh, freedom, to be able to tithe, to be able to live wisely. You know, it's not up to us to have miraculous healing. But God is the healer. He is the one that will bring the healing. It's up to us to ask to seek and to knock. Faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Four keys to the miraculous in 2023. First, walk in righteousness. Secondly, we need to get a word. Thirdly, we need to walk the word. And lastly, we need to give it to God. If I can get... uh, keys up, that'd be fantastic. Or the piano. Verse 37. Gabriel says, for with God, nothing will be impossible. For with God, no word will be impossible. With God. With God. You see, that means in the presence of or alongside God. That the word that you've been given, when we give it back to God, He is the one that will bring it to pass. God says, He is the I am. He is what you need Him to be. Do you need healing? He is Jehovah Rapha. Do you need provision? He's Jehovah Jireh. He is what you need Him to be. He is your provision. He is your healer. He is your saviour. He is the one that walks before you. He's your shield and your protection. God is who you need Him to be. A word from God needs to be given back to God because he is the one that will outwork the word of God. If you've got a, if you've got a, a word that your family will be saved, he is the one that will save them. If you've got a word from God that you will be uh, healed in 2023, God is your healer. If you've got a, 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 a word from God that in 2023 you're going to walk in financial freedom, that by the end of this year your debt is going to be paid off and that you're going to be living in prosperity, go to God. He is your provider. He is the one that meets all your needs. A word from God, with God, cannot be stopped. You know, I remember I had a, I had a cousin, my closest cousin in age. Um, he was only a couple of years younger than me. His name was James. And uh, it was New Year's Day about... 18 years ago, 19 years ago, he was playing cricket, just backyard cricket, and he felt a pain in his stomach, and his dad's a nurse. And so they took James to hospital just to get it checked out. He thought it was a bit unusual. Tests came back and scans came back, and, and James, uh, James was diagnosed with bowel cancer. And so uh, and he was given six months to live, and James was, and his family were a part of Paradise Church at the time, they were at Torrens Valley Christian School, and, and I was living in Sejuna, but we were, we were pretty close as, as, as family. And, and I remember that youth group, Solid Rock Youth Group, they, they prayed, they fasted, they interceded, they did everything right. I remember at the school, that school prayed, 
They fasted. They interceded. As a family, I know my grandma, who was a mighty woman of God, who was a mighty warrior, she prayed, she fasted, she interceded, she declared boldly. Three months later, I remember visiting him and he was at the end stages of, of, his, of his journey. And I visited him that night and, and then he passed away that night. And I remember sitting there, I would have been 19, 20. I mean, what do I make of that? What do, what, you know, as a Christian, as someone who believes for the impossible, as someone who believes that God is the healer, as someone who believes that God is my provider, what, what do I make of this? He was just a 16-year-old kid. We prayed, we fasted, we did everything that God, in his wisdom, chose to take him home to heaven. You know, I've been in ministry many years now and there's been many times that I've prayed for people and I've seen them healed. I remember there was a guy a few years ago that I was praying for and he worked in a bottle factory and molten glass had, had exploded and gone all over his arm and he'd lost movement in his arm and we prayed and he got full movement back in his arm. I remember a guy I prayed for and his back, he had debilitating back pain. We prayed and he was healed. Laid hands on him. And he was healed. There was a guy and he had knee issues. There was three guys, three different people. All had knee issues. I've laid hands on them. And I've prayed for them. And I've seen them healed. Amazing, miraculous, life-changing healings. There were two people in particular. One lady who I met uh, in a play cafe that our church, where I used to be, had a play cafe. And this woman, she was in the play cafe and I was just walking through and she stops me and she says, are you a pastor here? And I said, yeah, I'm a pastor here. And she just begins to tell me that you know, her and her husband had been trying for many years to have a baby and she'd, they'd had this baby, this young girl, and now she was four. And, and, and she said, I just, think, I just feel like something's wrong. I just feel like something's wrong. And the doctors won't believe me. The specialists won't believe me. But I just feel like there's something wrong. It's just not, you know, mother's intuition, mums know, right? Mums know best. They always know best. Um, and she said, I just can't get in anywhere. I can't get into the specialist. There was so much red tape, so many forms I had to fill out. And I remember just sitting down in the cafe with her, kids running everywhere, chips all over the floor, hot chocolate on the roof. I don't know. It was crazy. And I sat down and in that moment, she wasn't a Christian. And I just sat down and I said, can I pray for you? And I just held her hand and I prayed, Holy Spirit, you know this situation. Won't you move? Won't you accelerate things? Won't you bring things to pass? This was on a Tuesday. By Friday, she'd rung me and said, we've got the appointment. We're going in to see the specialist. Um, everything is moving. I don't know what you did. I don't know how you did it. But we're in. It's, and everything began to move forward. You know, as someone who believes God for the impossible, I sit here and I think, man, God is amazing. God is a miracle-working God and I can stand here and testify to the fact that God moves, that the Holy Spirit is real, that Jesus wants to heal you, that if you've had a promise from God, He wants to bring it to pass. But what do I do about this? 
with my cousin who we prayed for and interceded for and fasted and declared and boldly, you know, did everything, doused him in anointing oil. You know, we did everything. But God chose in his wisdom to take him home from heaven. How do I sit in the tension of the impossible? How do I sit in the tension of knowing that God chose not to do something here, but he chose to do something here? You see, what I could do after this situation is choose to believe that God doesn't want to move that God doesn't want to heal. And I could have chosen to take that belief that I had in an impossible God and keep it to myself and store it away and chose not to, not to pray anymore, chose not to believe anymore, chose to sit in the bitterness and the unforgiveness and the resentment towards God for what he didn't do over here. But if I'd stayed here, then how could I have walked in this? How could I have seen people miraculously healed? How could I have seen God do the impossible? One thing that I've learned in my ministry and in my life is that even though sometimes don't go according to my plan, I'm going to keep taking a step of faith. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep praying because sometimes the devil wants us to keep quiet and when we choose to keep quiet, it stops other people from getting their miracles. God is a God of the impossible. I don't understand it. I don't get it, but I believe it. And I choose to walk in it because there are too many people that depend on me believing and me praying to be able to get their miracle and to believe in walking in favor and blessing and freedom for their life today. Would you stand with me? across this place. You know, I know there's people in a room like this, there's people that are, have lost someone or you're going through an impossible situation. And you don't know what to do. You don't know where to turn. But God is a good God. God is a healer. He's gracious. He is kind. And if He said it, if He's promised it, If it's with God, no word from God will be impossible. Can we lift our hands to God this morning, to the King of Kings? If that's you this morning, I just want to pray over you. I want to pray God's blessing, God's healing power over you. We'll sing just a little bit more in a second and Phil's going to pray and I just wanted to pray for us that, and that just give God space and opportunity to speak into our lives. I know sometimes I move through life too fast or I'm really bad at listening. I don't know if you've ever experienced the same. You're just busy doing things and I struggle to hear anyone else, let alone God. Right? Or sometimes God spoke years ago, but you've kind of let it drift and he wants to just pinpoint something or touch something or give a word or speak in or or even challenge your beliefs in something. Say, come on, there's a promise there. There's a... And God speaks in so many different ways, a verse, a picture, His Spirit, other people. But I, I just want us just, uh, as we just worship, as we just pray, just to, just to be open. That's all we've got to be open. Remember, childlike. The childlike. Just be open. 
And to see if God wants to just touch on something, speak into something that just ignites the promise, ignites Him moving. And so, just wherever you are, just, just whatever it takes, just, just be open and ready. And God, I just thank you for everyone here. God, I thank you that you love them and you know them. You love them and you know them. And so God, we invite you to speak to us. Not according to our will, but according to your will. God, we invite you to speak to us. Not according to our will, but according to your will. Be it a promise, be it wisdom, be it something we've let slip. God, we invite you to speak to us and lead us and fill us with your spirit. Give us those rhema words in the name of Jesus. Bring back to life the words we've let drift off. Holy Spirit, come and speak to us. We are open. We come like children, open and ready to boldly meet with you in the name of Jesus. Let's just worship a little bit and let's just wait on God.